0: welcome to legends from the hill the franciscan university alumni podcast where we talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now here in season two we are excited to be talking to alumni who currently work at the university in a variety of departments we look forward to hearing about what has changed and developed in their part of campus over the years and what has stayed the same through the test of time We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Today we are joined by Sarah Huff, who graduated in 2017 with a degree in political science and now works as the Director of Student Success at the university. Sarah and her husband, Jake, a 2019 grad, both work at the university and have one little boy here in Steubenville. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, So we're continuing our uh, season here of employees that are also alumni. So we'd love to go back and get a sense of who are you, where are you from, and how did you choose to come to Franciscan to study?
1: Yeah, well, I'd love to share that. I'm actually from San Diego, California, originally. So Heaven
0: on earth. It
1: is beautiful there. And uh, the food is also remarkable. Miss it a lot. Um, so, wow. and the weather. Yeah, the weather. Like, all of the things. So, yeah. So, I think if you asked me, what, 10 years ago when I was graduating from high school where I would end up, I don't know that I would have ever said Steubenville, Ohio. And, honestly, at the time, I didn't even know what Steubenville was. So Okay. Um, or Franciscan University. So, um, I, uh, after graduating from high school, I decided to go to the University of Alabama. And um, I spent two years there before deciding to transfer to another school. Oh, yeah. um, and my hope was to actually go back to California. Um, and we had some good family friends that we, uh, during the holidays, we were at their house for a party. Um, and a lot of their kids had come here. So we decided, um, or well, during that conversation, you know, we were, we were talking about me coming back uh, to California and just like, fact that I was at Alabama, and um, I wanted to transfer back, and they had brought up Franciscan, which I'd never heard of, Franciscan University before, and um, I think immediately my dad kind of fell in love, like, as all, you know, parents would with just the idea of um, their son or daughter going to a school that's just passionately Catholic, um, and so uh, my dad kind of insisted, like, let's go visit Franciscan University, like, you don't have to go there, let's just go see what it's like, um, and I'm like okay like I will you know I'll go like I'll appease this you know yeah um, your desire for me to just go and see it but um, I really had my heart set on being at a school closer to home and in California and so we came out here and I remember when we when we drove from Pittsburgh to Steubenville we drove through three states and I'm like where (laughs) where are we um just because like growing up in California I mean it takes like you know six seven hours to get out of out of the state um and so uh it was just really cool to like come to this little town Um, and then on campus during my visit day, I just, by the end of it, I looked at my dad and I was like, I guess you were right, you know, and decided to come to Franciscan. And I had just such a wonderful experience. And, um, I think it's really cool how the Lord worked in all of that. But, uh, I jokingly say when people are like, how did you come from California to Alabama to to Ohio that I was trying to cover all 50 States before I graduated (laughs) from college. Um, and yeah, so I'm just very thankful for the way that like, the Lord worked in all of that.
0: Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. wild. And were you studying the same thing at Alabama
1: and here? Like, was that a consistent
0: thread or?
1: Yeah. So at Alabama, I was political science, but specifically pre-law. I wanted to uh, eventually go on to law school, um, which is part of the reason I chose Alabama because they do have a really uh, noteworthy law school. Um, And so when I, when I came here, I decided to stick with political science um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I stayed with the same major.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So you come onto campus after being in San Diego and Alabama, and what is Franciscan
1: like to you? Uh, yeah, what's your experience of a stu- as a student? Gosh, there was there was such a learning curve just with I think being in Steubenville in general. Um, I was just um, coming from San Diego specifically. It's so funny, like I, had you know, snow boots were like something you wore when you went up. To mammoth to like right. snowboard you know what i mean like that wasn't a thing that you would need regularly or like a winter coat um or now i understand the term mud room like mm. growing up <laughs> we didn't have a mud room you know yeah. what i mean like you didn't have a place you needed to put your shoes because right. they were wet and dirty um but coming here it was just so i think one of the most um, impactful moments during even just my visit here was as i was walking around campus as a visitor Every student that I walked by, they didn't have headphones in or they were engaged with other students or they just looked at you and smiled. and that's something that I hadn't even seen at Alabama, but also just like in our culture today. I think mm. you know we we tend to not necessarily want to engage with the people that are strangers and so just that smile or that you know acknowledgement of your existence was really um, unique. And so I loved that aspect of Franciscan and it kind of led, in large part to my decision to come here, but it was even furthered once I started on campus. It was um, just like so overwhelming the like community life that existed, you know, um, from what I had experienced just in high school, but also at my time in, in in college previously. Like uh, to have a robust environment where where you can easily engage with your peers and enjoy just life and community. Um, in such a simple way. Like, I think that a lot of people look at Franciscan and and they're like, it's in Steubenville, Ohio. Like, what's there to do in Steubenville? And I'm like, that's, I think, the joy that comes in being a student at Franciscan Mm -hmm. because life here is very simple. Like, you have to really um, encounter those around you because there's not much else to encounter. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, you know, it's not like you can just um, go out in the town or or, or do any of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Those activities don't really necessarily in the immediate area don't exist. And so it's just really cool to see how community kind of thrives in that environment, like true community. And so I really just, yeah, during that time, I just like dived in to the community here and uh, also my studies. I think uh, it took on a whole new um, element of actual like faith and reason, um, especially being a political science major. So much of what I was learning previously was very, you know, obviously very secular, but to actually like encounter God and the rationality for our faith in the classroom was extraordinarily um, key and just kind of my coming to um, the Catholic faith in a more renewed sense during my time at Franciscan. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So,
0: yeah, that's so interesting to me. I uh, travel a bit, we have mm-hmm. regional events, so I'll be across the country. And occasionally if we're in one of those beautiful spots like San Diego or Florida, (laughs) parts of Texas, people always be like, Father Dave, you need to have a branch campus here. And we should have a branch campus in this beautiful spot. And he's always like, but it would be totally different. Mm -hmm. Like Franciscan is built on this community part of people aren't going to the beach. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would have been like, yeah, San Diego beach dweller if Mm -hmm. campus had been there. So yeah, I I can imagine being plucked away from that and then put in this unique environment. Mm-hmm. It's a different world.
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I think uniquely, having come from a big city or a big area or an area where there's, there's the beach, there's just so much to do, um, that was actually what I think led me to gravitate towards Steubenville and something that even now, like having stayed here after graduating and kind of built a life here, um, it's in large part to the fact that life here is just simple. It's, um, it's very ordinary, but in an extraordinary way. Um, I think that, you know, Studentville has a lot to offer that, um, in a sense that it kind of brings us back to our faith, just in our encounters and our ability to, to relate to others, but also to just live in true community, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know that Franciscan would be what it is without Steubenville. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. That's great. So, what else um, as your experience of a student? What were you involved in, or mm-hmm. how did you spend your time in this community and building that life?
1: Yeah. So, during my time here, I uh, I think when I first started, it was so funny. Like at Alabama, I, I didn't join. A ha- um, I almost said a household, but I didn't join um, Greek life, which is huge at Alabama. Um, it's also you know quite. It's just it's such a it's such a culture. I can't even explain it. You know. Um, and I chose not to, to join Greek life. And so I really, I felt as though like community life, there was kind of like a desert, you know, and I would say, even if I did join Greek life, it probably would have felt like a desert as well mm-hmm. because the community that that builds, I don't think is really authentic. Um, and so when I came here, I definitely started getting involved. I went to some household commitments. I actually never ended up joining a household, okay. um, But I, uh, I, I kind of just was so overwhelmed by the amount of community that existed. Um, And so I was only here because I had transferred. So I was only here for two years. And so during that time, I kind of just like took it slow. I just got to know people and um, I really felt like I had made so many really solid friendships um, that I didn't necessarily end up really joining a lot of those like extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. I could say Um, a household or I'm not musically inclined so I wasn't on music ministry Um, and it's actually after graduating I worked in admissions undergrad admissions here at Franciscan for a year and a half and it's so funny like six months into working here my boss came into my office and was like did you ever join a household? Did you ever go to Austria? Did you ever uh, you know go on mission or do ministry and I'm like no (laughs) <laughs> but that's just how passionate I am about the mission of the university. Yeah. I maybe didn't do those things, um, but I definitely feel passion for those things. And I, uh, I think it was really cool to just sit back and take it all in. I think for me, especially, you know, coming in, um, it was just such a, a new uh, encounter with like life and, and community and my faith that I just I wanted to take it slow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And so, did you go straight from graduating to work in admissions, or what was your path after you graduated?
1: Yeah, so I graduated in May of 2017, and um, I felt called to stay in Studentville for another year. So I, I had, um, like I had mentioned, I wanted to go on to law school, and I had I bought a really nice set of LSAT prep books that summer, <laughs> and I never opened them, and kind of discerned that maybe law school was not what I was passionate about, and. Um, and so I kind of wanted to spend a year just like figuring out what that would look like, um, for me. And so, so anyway, so I decided, um, to apply for jobs here in Bell and, um, I stayed and worked conferences that summer and it was kind of like, I gave myself a definitive end day, like by the end of conference season, if I don't get a position at the, you know, in the area or at the position or at the university that I would go back home, um, and just kind of regroup and figure out what was next. And so literally on the last day of conference season, I got a call that I got the job in admissions. And it was so funny because I felt like God worked in that too, just to like have the opportunity to be humbled. Like (laughs) here I am, like I've graduated, I have, you know, a bachelor's degree and I spent most of the summer opening doors for people, Mm. you know. Um, But it was just a really cool opportunity to just kind of prepare for um, like what it looked like to, kind of move into the professional realm of things. So, um, yeah, so I started in admissions, and uh, I loved my time in admissions. It was a lot of fun, Uh, and I worked there for about a year and a half. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I love how I feel like a lot of people have that story of, like, after graduation, Mm -hmm. that it's like, I gave God a deadline, and he made it barely and it's like wow he really works with our deadlines (laughs) sometimes
1: he does but I think he keeps us on our toes you know and I I think that's like that's something that's so funny I look back to that time and how it can be really stressful like after graduation and and Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of students who like I don't know what I'm going to do or um you know after I graduate and it's you know two two months a month away um and I'm always like you know I feel like you shouldn't Like your senior spring is so chaotic and it's Mm. so hectic, and you're finishing up your course load. And applying for jobs is just like also feels like a full time job. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always just like, give yourself some grace, give yourself some room to just, you know, find what you're going to be able to do while you find a job. Like, if you don't have a job right after graduation, it's not the end of the world. But I look back at that time and I just remember how stressful it was but just the irony of like how god was like be faithful to me and mm-hmm. i will provide and it'll probably be at the last possible <laughs> second <laughs> yep,
0: yep. just what you yeah. need for the next bit yeah for the exactly next mm-hmm. yeah awesome and so now you're no longer in admissions mm-hmm. you are in more of the academic student success side. So yeah. can you share with us what that's like and what you do there? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So um, after my time in admissions, I actually moved into student success, which at the time was um, still within kind of like enrollment or or that aspect. We hadn't yet moved into academics, but this past uh, So January of 2021, we had the opportunity to kind of consolidate what was student academic support services and student success into what's now the Center for Success. So um, which has been really awesome. And it's been really cool to be a part of that process. And so um, with that, I took on the role of director of student success. So um, we are, you know, under the umbrella of academics and we help. um, Essentially, we provide all academic resources for students. So tutoring services. Um, we have accessibility services um, we have which is for students with documented disabilities Um, we have a franciscan plus program which is kind of like a first year program for specific you know for students that are that are coming in Um, and then we also recently are working on launching some first generation and minority student programming so yeah
0: so what are some of the needs that you see that these students are needing that we are able to support and mm-hmm. and help them that otherwise they might not have.
1: Yeah. So it's funny I feel like so much of our work really begins at the basics, right? So we we obviously help students create strong academics, you know, skills for academic success, but um we try, we try to approach it from a holistic perspective, right? So Um, what uh, maybe isn't going right outside of the classroom that needs to go right first so that things can move and be successful inside of the context of your academics and so um, so much of that is like eating sleeping Mm -hmm. (laughs) sleep is a huge one right like just starting at the basics but also too I think just really tending to um, the students needs of like Addressing any mental health concerns and connecting them to the resources that are available, whether it's on campus or off campus to to really kind of figure out um, how can I um, address those concerns so I can be successful as a student. Um, and then a lot of it, too, is just helping them with um, time management and study skills. I think, mm-hmm. you know, obviously right now, um, this generation of learner is unique in the sense that they live through covid in their K through 12 experience. Um which I think really um, brings like a unique set of needs Um, for many students with um, kind of their, their high school, you know, time having been primarily, you know, during that, you know, time where we had um, classes were all online um, because of COVID. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's cool to see um, one, how they have adapted and some of the strengths that came from that. And then also two to see like how we can address some of those those areas of weakness that maybe, um, you know, being in being more removed from the classroom or um, not having uh, necessarily as much of a, a structure to the coursework because they were quickly switched online or something right. like that. So it's just really, really interesting to see that that unique aspect that COVID kind of brings to this, our students now. Um, but yeah. So there's a lot of things, a lot of services we offer, I think, um, one of the biggest things, too, that's really been an, uh, a cool experience for me uh, since moving and consolidating our offices is working with students with accessibility services. Um, so we have our accessibility coordinator, but alongside her, I um, also have the opportunity to to work with, you know, students with, um, you know, specific learning differences. And uh, it's just awesome to see them uh, thrive here at Franciscan, but also to to problem solve like. I think that, you know, a learning difference isn't necessarily a weakness. It's always going to be a strength in some areas. Mm-hmm. And it's just figuring out how to use that strength to combat some mm-hmm. of the, the weaknesses that might come. And so it's just been uh, really cool to, like, help them navigate just their unique experience of education and, mm-hmm. and figure out how to be successful.
0: Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a huge gift. That's awesome. Is there just thinking back on the COVID experience of a lot of these students switched Mm -hmm. online and then we have some options of online courses here. Do you notice that there is like students like one or the other? Like, are they more comfortable with online after it's switched over or is there an escape mechanism of the Mm -hmm. online.
1: Yeah. So it's funny. I can be off the record. The (laughs) students don't need to know. (laughs) So I would say, I think it's a mixed bag. I I will say across the board, I think students prefer in-person learning. Mm -hmm. um, If they're choosing to be on ground. Um, I think sometimes they like just like one online class kind of thrown in there or, you know, two online classes just for kind of to break it up. Um, but with our online programs growing as well, that's been you know something that we've seen um, a lot more students that are online, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that uh, for a lot of our students though that are on ground, they definitely thrive in an environment that is um, you know has that interactive in person uh, environment to their ed- you know to their educational experience. But I will say um, there are some students that also thrive in the online courses and mm-hmm. really enjoy that. So I think it's kind of it really depends on the student, I'd say. Um, but I think the other side of it too is online courses are just so, they're structured so differently from an on-ground course. Um, and it's easy to fall behind in an online course. Um, it's also easy to kind of, um, you know, not see, you know, you're not going to class, you know, once, twice, three times a week to be reminded that things are due or, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, there's just a reality that the student really has to own their learning in that environment. So, yeah, that's uh, that's always unique. But I think that uh, for sure, like, it's kind of a mixed bag, I would say. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and to be able to pace themselves and yeah. really learn that skill.
1: Yeah. And I also think, too, to say that online learning in higher education, so I guess I can't speak in general, but Franciscan is so different than what they may be experienced in the high school setting. Like, it's still you know, the course materials and the coursework is still, you know, slightly more rigorous because it is college. And so I think especially with freshman students or students that are first year students um, choosing to come on on ground, like it's a big adjustment to life um, as a college student. There's Mm -hmm. just so much um, that's, you know, very different from what you, you know, just general day to day life, Mm -hmm. you know, and so Um, there's a lot of things that they already are trying to work on, like having that self, um, you know, the self mastery of like these things that I need to accomplish, like getting up in the morning, like there's nobody to remind you that you need to, to get on the school bus or, you know, to drive you to school or to make sure you're out the door. So a lot of those like very small things coupled with, you know, having to, to keep up in that capacity, I think, um, you know, sometimes it's a good, um, it's a little bit different for them, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was in a meeting recently and one of the professors was like, I feel like we need a campus mom who can just tell these students sometimes the things that their mom would tell them that there isn't. And so she was saying she kind of takes that on in mm-hmm. her classes. She's like, I'm a professor, but I also am mom. Um, yeah, it was interesting of like, they, yeah, you're still a, a learning and mm-hmm. have to be trained on some of these things.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Like sometimes I, I feel like a mom, but I'm, you know, to these students, I'm like, you gotta do these basic things. Like, have you eaten, you know, today? Have you, um, you know, how have you been sleeping? Like you have to make sure you're sleeping enough and all those like very small things. Um, It's, it's funny. I, I never saw my work necessarily preparing me for motherhood. But it definitely has. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a joy to work with them, and it's. It, but it is funny. Like sometimes I I feel like I walk away from conversations, and I'm like, I probably sounded just like their mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they need that. It's okay. <laughs> so, is there anything that, this is, before we move on to our hot takes? Is there anything that you've noticed in the past, you know, five years or so? Um, that has changed in like the academics. I know we've added new programs and things like mm-hmm. have you had to deal with any of those uh, new structures and things in place?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I definitely think that there's been a lot of change, just the university as a whole. Um, I think even just re uh, what we what we did with creating the Center for Success obviously has brought about um, an enormous amount of change, especially with, Um, serving our students. I think that's really one key aspect that we have more resources now to serve our students. But with that, um, with the new center for success, we also added a position that specifically is focused on first generation and minority student programming. And I think that's one thing that's been really, really wonderful to see is just an increase in our first generation and minority students um, and just being able to serve them because they have, you know, unique needs Um, Uh, As they like transition to college, there's Mm -hmm. so many things that you, you don't recognize, um, when you're not a first generation student that are like self-explanatory to you or Mm -hmm. that your parents know exactly how to go about, you know, what is an academic advisor, those simple, Mm -hmm. those simple things to some people where like they need that, you know, support and kind of navigating college. Mm -hmm. Um, but most importantly, just, um, I think it's just really cool to see them thrive here. And then also to just have that extra, just uh, I think every student needs support in some capacity. Um, And so it's just really cool to be able to create kind of subsets of areas to support our students in a unique way, Mm -hmm. given their unique needs and to be able to address that is really awesome. Um, We definitely have grown our online programs a lot, which has been really cool to see just how many learners we are reaching that maybe aren't physically here in Steubenville. Um, And just to see that grow and the impact it has on, on, on those, um, individuals, just especially too, like, I think, um, there's so many online students that I've talked to that, uh, they love to be able to take classes and really bring the culture of Franciscan, um, to their, Hmm. where they are Mm -hmm. right now. And so, um, just to see the ripple effect of that is really awesome. And then, you know, obviously we've, um, uh, we have some new programs, like we have an engineering degree, which is really cool to see um that come to fruition and I think a lot of students are really excited about it so mm-hmm. yeah,
0: that's awesome, very cool. I love mm-hmm. that of first generation and mm-hmm. that's
1: yeah. Talk about being a mom. You yeah. definitely
0: can walk them through things for the first time.
1: Yeah. And the, and they're great. so fun to work with. I think, too, um, you know, Franciscan just reached our 10 um, percent mark for as a Hispanic serving population oh, wow. as well, which is just such an important, uh, I think, you know, as um, both an alum and an employee here, I I've loved the focus that Franciscan has given to that because we do, we have such a a large Hispanic population within the Catholic church mm-hmm. and within the U S and to just acknowledge that and say like, we want to make sure that we're serving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just bring such a robust um, element to like campus and to mm-hmm. life here. So yeah, it's been really cool to serve those, those students specifically and to, to see how we can, um, you know, meet everyone's needs across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah, so,
0: very yeah. cool. I love that. Well, thanks mm-hmm. for all that you're doing here on mm. campus. Um, so, we like to end all of this with our hot takes from the hill. Mm-hmm. So, just some quick answers to take us back to your student time. Um, yeah, right. on campus. So, who was your favorite professor?
1: Oh, that's pretty easy. Dr. Weicker, Benjamin Weicker. Yes, so he was great. He's my favorite professor. Now, I do feel like I did really love Dr. Daniel Kempton's international politics course. I feel like okay. I need to give him a sh- shout out. Now I only took one course with him, but yes. Dr. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, what was your favorite class? Um, so I took a natural law course with Dr. Weicker oh. and yeah, so I ended up writing my thesis actually on the natural law. And um, yeah, that was a really transformative class. I think just to go back to how Franciscan brings faith and reason into the classroom and to really understand our faith in the lens of um, yeah, even as, you know, getting to understand, you know, the natural law and the mm-hmm. truths of the faith as a political science major. Yeah. You know?
0: So interesting. Yeah. That's great. Very cool. Did you have a favorite place to study as a student? Absolutely. The library, the library. Yes.
1: What was your spot? You staked it out. Yeah. So I was in like the back I don't even know if they have those uh, upstairs. I think they got rid of the study carols that were on the far back wall. Um, but that was my spot because the lighting was perfect, mm. you know, and I liked being away from people, you okay. know. So finals week was always just so fun because they'd walk in. I'd be like, I've been here all semester and now I can't get a seat. <laughs> I'm a regular. This is my spot. I feel like you, earn, you should earn a spot in the library. You know what I mean? Uh,
0: but, yeah, uh,
1: that's great. Uh,
0: did you have a favorite campus activity to do as a student? Or to participate in? Yeah.
1: So I I think during my time here I really just loved um going to the festivals of praises. Mm-hmm. That was really awesome. Um, I think also too just all of the sacramental opportunities here, coming from California, I had just growing up it was a very different sacramental life. And so coming here, um, Having the opportunity to actually really experience a very empowering um, and profound confessional, you know, confession mm-hmm. experience um, uh, and adoration, all of all of the things that, you know, mass, all of the things that we were able to just participate in. But then also just like spending time with our friends. I think one of my favorite memories was um we were uh we lived in the I had lived I lived in the heights at the time and some of our friends we decided to to barbecue, um um and and have dinner together and we moved the tables out of the height, like onto the grassy area. Um and it was just like a really wonderful, wonderful time just to be yeah, in the warmth of like after a long winter, Mm. I like never knew, like I never understood the like appreciating warm weather until I lived here and realized what cold was like, which I know Soonville's not that cold according to a lot of people, but (laughs) for me it was, you know, and And so
0: just the sun not always shining. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so just the community life and like the ability to, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to move furniture in the Heights, (laughs) so I don't recommend any (laughs) students doing that, but um, you know, just, just the joy that like came with all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
0: that's great. And finally, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected
1: place? Oh, my gosh. This is a hard one. I, I can't remember who, but, yes, I did run into somebody, like, in an airport in, like, Las Vegas. <laughs> and I think it was somebody that I knew very vaguely. Yep. Like, I didn't really know um, who, who we had gone. We had, like, overlapped slightly But it was it was funny to like connect with them. We were sitting next to each other waiting for our flight and just to be like, oh, you went to Franciscan, right? Yeah. (laughs) So
0: that's our number one answer is airports. So, yeah, everybody, when you're in an airport, be on the lookout because I feel like Franciscan grads just travel. They get around
1: a bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, that is true. So,
0: yeah. So, well, great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for joining us today and yeah good luck with the start of the semester and the yeah all the students all the craziness yes
1: thank you for having me
0: thank you for joining us on another episode of legends from the hill if you liked this conversation please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it and be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at franciscan alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75 year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.